This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 185. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. My name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you today? I'm never better. How are you? I'm good. So this is the show. <laughs> I never <laughs> missed I, a beat. Did I screw you up there? <laughs> <laughs> you kind of sprung that one on me. I was me. <laughs> curious to see what you would respond with if I took your saying. Oh, this is a show about colored pencil where we discuss anything surrounding this medium that we love so much. So Lisa, what are we talking about today? We are talking about the concept of are you born with talent or is it something that you can develop when it comes to art? Yeah, I think that there's a real dangerous lie uh, that we tell ourselves and maybe we tell others, and that is that concept of talent. It's an ability that you're born with. But actually, we see people who are good at something, and then we we learn then to assume when we're telling ourselves that or we've been told that, we learn to assume that they were born with some sort of special ability, but we can't achieve that particular thing. We think, oh, they were just uh, innately born with this. They had a, a set of genetics or fate or whatever to make it to where they had this ability, and I will never get that. When actually, in reality, what's going on is it, talent is a pursued interest. It's not just this lucky dice roll. Exactly. And, you know, I don't understand why, where that concept comes from. You, you see this, I mean, I always use this comparison. You guys, I'm sure, have heard me say this before. A doctor, people don't aren't like, oh, I'm naturally going to be good at healing people. It's just a natural gift. No, they would go to school and study for eight years. And something about art, people think you're supposed to just have it. If you're going to be good, you're born with it. And I'm a great example of that. I was not born with any talent whatsoever. When I was in first grade and kindergarten, I, my mom was actually quite worried about me because all I would draw were rainbows. This like terrible looking rainbow. She still got copies somewhere, but this rainbow and I would draw or write on there. This is a picture of a rainbow because apparently it wasn't good enough that people could tell it was a picture of a rainbow. So the teacher every day would help me write that out. And I did it every day. My mom came to my, my teacher. I remember her name was June. My mom was not happy that I, we didn't call her Miss June, but um, apparently my mom wasn't happy about a lot at that time, but she was so frustrated that I kept doing the same thing. And she basically told the teacher, she's like, well, you're going to be the one paying her bills when she can't get a job because all she can do is draw rainbows. Yeah. My mom thought I should have, you know, show some other kind of talent or other skill within drawing, drawing other subjects and doing other things. And the teacher's like, she's fine. Let her do what she wants. But I mean, it was a real concern for my mom at the time because I was so bad at drawing. I was so behind where a lot of my fellow 
classmates were. As time went on, I had celiac disease. I know I've talked about that before. And so because my immune system was so bad, we didn't know it at the time. So my immune system was so bad, I was sick a lot. I'd always had tonsillitis. And if I was exposed to anything, I was going to catch it. So I spent a lot of time indoors drawing. That's where I started to improve and become better than my classmates or other students around my age. Over the years, I was just interested in drawing. I didn't feel well enough to go ride a bike. So I stayed inside and colored or drew. And that's where I started to get better with drawing. And it took years and years. And even if you look back at what I was doing when I was about, I'd say, even in my early 20s, I decided I wanted to draw people for the first time and they were terrible. You guys have seen me post this on Facebook before. There was an angel I tried to draw. She's laying in the water and the the proportions, everything about this is absolutely terrible and so not realistic, even though that was my goal. Did that mean because I didn't have this natural talent? Even then I've been drawing for years, still couldn't draw people. I kept working on it and kept working on it. And now I can draw extremely realistic people. So, I mean, that, that sort of proved my point of uh, talent is a pursued interest. And, you know, I was drawing a lot as a child, uh, probably not quite as off, often as you were drawing, Lisa, but I did draw quite a bit. And my mom never, she never really complimented my drawings. Um, I don't know that she ever put them down or anything like that, but she was just like, oh, you're drawing again. Like, <laughs> kind of like, it was kind of a negative, like, oh, you're, you're doing that again. Oh, you're drawing again. My grandmother, on the other hand, really believed in what I was doing. And, told me that I was going to be a great artist. <laughs> I laugh about it now. Um, but, you know, I was gullible enough as a child to just believe her. And I thought, yeah, I'm a great artist. You know, I was three or yeah. five or whatever. And, um, you know, drawing some kind of stick figure that wasn't recognizable. But my mom, you know, was the one that was around me most of the time. And I was, I kept drawing, you know, I don't know if my dad really said much about it until I was, like a teenager or something, and I was still drawing, and I asked him if I could draw him, you know, and I started drawing all of my siblings. It was something that I was interested in, and I think that's really the key there. If you're interested in something, you're going to have a pursued interest in that thing. Over time, if you apply yourself to it, and if you, you know, are very... And I don't want to say hypercritical, but if you look with a critical eye at your progress and what you're doing and you compare, you know, what's going on within the space of whatever it is you're pursuing, in this case, obviously, it's art, then you're going to improve in that particular skill set over time. I mean, it will happen. So we've got a small list here that we put together, things people get frustrated with while learning. And we've got some tips on how to overcome some of these things. Now, the first thing is you've got to get out of your head that this is something you're born with. Once that's in your head, I think too many people use that as an excuse. Well, I'm not going to be very good. I've even heard people use the excuse, well, then if that's true, how come sometimes when you go to an art class, somebody who's never drawn before, they're absolutely amazing? First off, I guarantee you they've drawn before. Second, at least sketching. But second of all, some people just notice things quicker than others. So much to do with drawing realistically comes down to what are you noticing? Do you notice the distance between the eye and the nose? Do you notice the waterline or the tear line under the eye or that little pink thing in the corner that has a name that I can never remember? Tear? Do you notice those things? And that comes with time and with practice. And some people, I, I do think, notice things quicker they just naturally notice more in their surroundings or what's around them they they pay attention to things more but that's something that you're going to learn with time i don't think that's a talent issue that's just somebody who notices the details and 
So don't let that stop you or frustrate you or slow you down at all. Because if you get that in your head, you start using that as an excuse, you're not going to improve because you've already convinced yourself you won't. Yeah, you're you're really hitting on something really big there, though. Uh, And that is the idea of noticing. Be a noticer and someone who, you know, pays attention to all these details. I used to think uh, very early on, I guess, maybe 20 years ago or something, uh, when I was thinking about drawing again, I wasn't drawing again. Um, I wasn't doing that <laughs> until about what is it now? Maybe 12, 10 or 12 years ago. I don't, I'm losing track of time, but I was thinking about doing it. And I remember thinking to myself, um, wow, I've really probably, you know, got a lot of work to do because I haven't been drawing. I haven't been creating art. I haven't been painting. You know, I was oil painting, um, right before I stopped drawing or doing any art at all. And I thought, I've got a lot of work to do to get back up to that level, and i got to get my skill back up, and I've got to learn how to do all that over again, when actually what I should have been probably doing was just paying attention and looking at light and studying photography and studying light and how light works and things like that and looking at other art instead of just head down doing the things that I was doing uh, away from art and doing things in my career. But Uh, So I think that that is a very big, a key element to it is being a noticer and paying attention to things and being able to see better and looking at things more than what we have done in the past. Absolutely. One of the things, one of the biggest problems I've seen with students when they come in or they get frustrated as they'll compare themselves to the progression of another artist. They're not as good as an artist, another artist. They may even pick a professional artist. Well, I'm mm-hmm. not good. I've been painting a week and I'm not as good as them as them or a month or a year. And I'm not good as good as this other artist. The, biggest thing that will make a difference in your progression is your attitude about things more than anything else is the attitude you take going in. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid that your work doesn't look good now. Look forward to what it can look. When you look at those other artists that you look up, that you like their work, all that should be to you is the, the knowledge that it's possible to achieve that level with whatever medium you're working in. Yeah. So don't don't let that discourage you. Don't let that think because you're not or even if you're taking a class with a group of other artists and some are progressing faster than you, that doesn't mean you won't get there. You may be getting there slower, but that doesn't mean you won't get there. I've never seen the speed of somebody improving be an indication of how good they will be eventually. Yeah. If I mean, I've seen students that that just they stuck with it and they ended up being amazing. They have that kind of breakthrough moment where all of a sudden something clicks in their head and they, things start making sense. Stick with it. Don't, don't let that, that, wow, I can't talk at all. Don't, don't be discouraged because somebody else is progressing faster than you basically, or somebody else is better than you now. That doesn't mean you won't get there. Yeah. And I think that's so right though, what you said about uh, it's your attitude. It's the way that you frame things and the way you think about things as well, because you can be in a group and you can feel like maybe you're not progressing as fast as you want to, but the ones, the students that I've seen that are, are doing really, really well and improve over time, uh, quite drastically, in fact, are the ones that they'll say things. I, I pick up on it now in the, the little comments that they make, things like, I really appreciate you explaining everything, or I really appreciate you talking about what you were doing when you did this particular thing, or showing the entire process on video. You know, these are the kind of comments that I'm getting. I I notice that type of student that will say that kind of thing and will talk about that and then will ask 
more leading questions about something that perhaps wasn't shown, they have a belief in themselves uh, and and their ability, and there's just an underlying confidence in what they're saying, and they'll say something like, "I know that I'll get there, but I'm trying to figure out this kind of thing," or. I'm wondering if I should be doing this. And there's this natural curiosity about what they're doing. And whatever that thing is, I, I, I'm having trouble like verbalizing that. But whatever that confidence is, I wish I could just package that up and just say to someone who's wanting to learn art and say, this is what you need first. This is the prerequisite is that you need this winning attitude of knowing what you want to become, knowing how you're going to progress as an artist and knowing what you're going to look like in five years or whatever, you know, maybe even a year. Uh, because I believe I had that in myself. I, I, I knew when I looked at certain people's artwork, I, I looked at, at some artwork that I, I wanted my work to eventually look like. And I thought, I know I can do that. I feel like that's possible for me. But right now I'm not there. But I know I'll get there. And having that mindset and not remunerating and just thinking to yourself, oh, you know, woe is me. This is no good. I'm never going to get there. Being negative like that will not serve you well. But being positive and having that kind of outlook, I think, goes a really long way. It does. I mean, I can look back at, at students I've worked with. There were some who actually I felt were quite skilled. And based on skill level, yep. I would have expected to really push forward and do amazing things. But they never got better. They stayed where they were. They were still painting pretty paintings, but they were so hard on themselves about everything. They didn't like anything they painted. They, everything was negative. And they didn't move forward because of it, even though they started at a pretty good place. Mm -hmm. Whereas I've had other students who, I mean, by most people's standards would be like, wow, you're not not very good at this right now. But their attitude was so good. I had one student who she was with me for years. She would co she was working in oils, but she would go home after every class and paint that same thing again. She painted so much. That's what she did any free time. And she, this lady worked full time. I mean, she didn't have a lot of free time, but every free time she had, she was at that easel. She was painting. She progressed because of her attitude. And like I said, she didn't start out someone I, based on skill level, I wouldn't have said she would be very good. I knew by her attitude she would. Yeah. But because she was so determined and she spent so much time, she wasn't afraid of mistakes mm -hmm. at all. And I think that's such a big deal. Right. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. You need to make a whole bunch of mistakes before you learn to do things right. Get those mistakes out of the way early on. Jump into it. Make some ugly paintings or drawings. Don't be afraid of those mistakes. And she was such a good example. I want to say I, I must have worked with her for six, seven years before I moved to Texas. She, I mean, the progression, if you looked at her earlier work versus what she ended up with was amazing versus somebody who started out pretty good never got better because everything, they were always so negative about everything that they, they did. It, it was never good enough for them. They were too worried about making mistakes. They just complained about everything. Redid, that was the other thing. The students that wanted to redo everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just paint it. If it's not good, fine. Move forward. Right. Keep keep going. Move forward. Don't keep redoing the same thing because they'd make the same mistake. They'd wipe it off, make the same mistake. Wipe it off with oil paints. You can wipe things off. But wipe it off, do the same thing. Wipe, you're, you're not progressing. 
let it dry and paint over it. You know, and with colored pencil, that's something that we can do. We can, you know, keep layering until we make things look better. Mm-hmm. But the attitude that you go into this with will make all the difference in the world as to, I would say it's probably the biggest difference in the world of how good your work will be. And here's the great thing. Let's say your attitude is bad right now. You're one of those people that's super negative about everything. You can change that. It's not something that's embedded into you. That's another kind of miss or myth out there. People act like, well, this is just how, this, this is who I am. This is how I am. Yeah, you can change that. We are very, very um, flexible as humans. We can change the way that we view things. It may take some practice, but that will make a bigger difference in your artwork than almost anything else. Well, next, we've got a, a quote that may come from your family. But first, I want to talk about indefenseofpaper.com. And these are the journals that Lisa and I have been talking about for some time now. And so if you're not using a journal and if you've if you've not adopted a journal habit and started just writing in a journal and creating art in a journal, doing some sketching, then I would highly encourage you to do that. I think it's been such a big game changer just for me in the things that I think about now and the way that I can show up at a new art piece because I've already done thumbnails on it. I've already journaled about it and written about it to myself. If you're interested in picking up your own journal, go to indefensivepaper.com slash podcast. All right. So Lisa, we're back. And one of the things that we can encounter as artists, and it can be a bit frustrating because it's negative, is perhaps we're starting out, we're a brand new artist and we're showing, we're excited. We're showing our artwork then to our loved one, our significant other, and maybe our family and, uh, you know, our spouse or somebody or our children or mom or dad, they look at it and they, they say this, well, <laughs> I could do that. I mean, it's not that difficult. Is it? I mean, look what you did there. I, I, I can do this. Um, it's, <laughs> I've heard this and I know so others have as well. It is so frustrating. I, I had somebody at my uh, day, when I had a day job, I remember this happened where he was asking about my artwork and then I, he asked if he could see something I was working on currently and I showed him, he goes, I think I could do that. I'm like, okay, well then do it. <laughs> you know, and the well do it attitude is so perfect. Yeah. My friend was, uh, or well, she ended up being my friend. She was taking my classes for a while. We ended up being good friends. But her husband, she took her a painting she was working on home. And her husband looked at it and goes, well, I can do that. And she's like, oh, really? She pulls out all her art supplies. Could. They had a night of art. He never gave her crap about that again. That's he funny. realized, oh, this is actually way harder than it than it. I, it looks like she had fun making fun of his art because he did it to her. She's just like, Psh. yeah, could okay, it's, it's, it's is so the operative word there. Put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> yeah, and it, but it, it really worked. But don't yeah. ever let that discourage you. And I think our family can be a bit more critical of us because they look at us like, I know you don't have natural talent. You're not going to be very good. And look, you just painted something or drew something and it's not very good. Obviously, you're not going to be good at this. Why are you wasting time and money on supplies? Right. That that can be very, very discouraging. If you need to, don't share your work with people. If they're going to be be negative about stuff, just don't show them. Um, I've had people in my life that no matter what I did, they were going to pick things apart that kind of it, it's heartbreaking when you're so excited about something. Find the people who are going to encourage you and be excited about your growth and your art journey with you. Those are the people you want to share your work with. If somebody wants to be or shows that they tend to be negative, and it doesn't mean that they're bad people. They just don't right. understand. Those are not the people I'm going to be putting my work in front of. I want to show the people who are going to encourage me. And I think that that is going to help you stay positive and stick with it and move, you know, forward with your work. 
Another thing that I've actually, and it's this actually frustrates me as a teacher, is when another teacher discourages a student. I have one girl I worked with for years. She was progressing. She was doing so good. She didn't start out very good, but she was really progressing. I could tell this girl was going to be good. She had a teacher in high school who told her she wasn't good, kept giving her bad grades, and it discouraged her. She was like, well, I guess I'm not good then, and she stopped with art. She completely, she doesn't paint to this day. And it is, so it's heartbreaking because this girl would have been good. I was somebody, I got my first, I didn't take many class, art classes in high school. I was too busy with orchestra. So that was considered my elective. But with, I, I finally got a chance my first year, freshman year in high school, I got to take an art class. I was so excited and I got to see. Me, I'm a professional artist. I got to see in art. That didn't mean that I wasn't going to be good. The teacher was actually really terrible and didn't show us what she wanted and then gave us a bad grade because we couldn't read her mind. But she, yeah, I mean, that was too many students or too many artists, I think, get discouraged by that sort of thing when they take a class, whether it be a class at a local art store or if you're in college or high school or whatever. I've known of too many people who got discouraged because the teacher was bad and gave them bad advice or told them, you know, well, that their artwork wasn't good. They're just flat out not good. And the teachers often have this attitude of, well, I'm just being realistic. Yeah. No, you're being a jerk. Yeah. You're giving bad advice. You could, if, if that same teacher or same student had a different teacher teaching them a different way, they could be amazing. But because one teacher gave, you know, and it could have been years ago, maybe when you were in high school, it, something like that happened to you. Don't take that too seriously. There are too many bad teachers out there who discourage people instead of encouraging them. And I've seen too many people I know could have been amazing artists who gave it up because of, of a bad teacher like that. Yeah, no, I think that's a good one. Uh, and it kind of relates to what we're talking about next, and that is just not being interested in the subject matter. You know, this, I think, matters a, a whole lot, because if I'm drawing something and I could care less, I couldn't care less about what it is, uh, then chances are I'm not going to show up the same way as if I'm doing a portrait, because I love doing portraits. So if I'm trying to draw a house or something with a whole bunch of straight lines, I'm going to hate that. Um, because I don't like drawing straight lines. There's some people, that's what they love. They love a whole bunch of lines. They love a whole bunch of geometric type shapes. So if the interest of the subject is not there, then chances are you're going to lose interest with that. And maybe you're not going to really try as much or you're not going to have as much fun with it. And then that will affect your artwork. Uh, so especially starting out, if you're brand new to art, just pick something that you love, something you uh, you sincerely enjoy. Um, maybe it's things that you're naturally drawn to, um, you know, and I don't know what that is for you. It's different for everybody. But something that you have a natural curiosity about, chances are that particular thing, maybe it's a different hobby of some sort, that particular thing would probably be a good thing to start out drawing. Yeah, that was me. If it wasn't a horse... For years, I didn't want to draw it. I didn't have interest. It didn't hurt me not to draw still life. And I think that's something that people can get hung up on. They feel like they need to start, like there's a, a progression. This yeah. is the subject you I need to start to with. I need to start life. with a still life. I need to start with this. And still life seems to be a, a pretty common one. Or I want to draw portraits, so I need to start there. No. What you start with doesn't necessarily mean that's what you're going to yeah. end with. But I learned so much more from learning to draw horses accurately than I would have from learning to draw grapes accurately. That didn't interest me. I had zero interest until I'd say 
say more recent, you know, within the last five or six years, I painted forever and I really didn't want to paint still lives. Paint what you love right. because you're going to be more excited about the outcome. That's funny. And you're going to be more excited during the process. I was big time into horses um, as a young teenager. Horses and cattle, actually. Uh, really? That's all I thought I would draw is uh, horses. <laughs> Horses and dolphins were my thing. Horses and cows were my thing. I was, you know, I, li- I lived in Oklahoma, so give me a break here. Oh, so yeah, I was Southern California, so that makes sense for me to want the, right. the marine life. The next thing that I found students to get really discouraged by is expecting the beginning process, those first few layers with those colored pencils, to look as good as what the last bit of your painting or drawing should look like. They get frustrated with the ugly stages. Every painting. Every drawing, you're going to have ugly stages. And I think that that's so important for for students to understand that those ugly stages don't mean that you've done anything wrong. They just mean you're not finished yet. Don't get discouraged when it doesn't look as good in the beginning as what you want the end to look like. And a big, big problem that I've seen a lot of students do, they'll get maybe a quarter of the way through, an eighth of the way through, or what I would call finished, and they call it done. You're not even close to finish. No wonder you're not happy with the results. Keep working on it until it looks how you want it to look. And a big thing with colored pencils is you'll get to a point where you're like, I can't put more layers. The paper won't take more layers. Then you're probably pushing too hard as you go along. If it doesn't look good yet and you that paper won't take more, get in the habit of using a lighter hand. Sharpen your pencil so it's a really nice fine point so it's getting into all the nooks and crannies of that, the tooth of the, tooth of the paper. And use a very, very light hand as you go so that you can get enough layers, so that you can get to the point where it looks like what you want it to in the end. Yeah, it's slower than pushing really hard in the beginning. But if you're not getting the results you want from burnishing or pushing really hard with that pencil, then you need to try another method. And and for most people, that's going to be building up with lighter, using a lighter hand. But look, if you're in the messy middle and you're doing a colored pencil piece, Here's a bigger issue, I think, than anything else that we've talked about here. And that is, and this is something that I just went through. I just saw a student do this and it was, it was just very disheartening to me. She just gave up. She stopped and she started over again. Now, look, if you're in the messy middle and you're, you know, about halfway through it or you don't feel like you're even that far along and you've, Overburnish, you know, you've uh, used too much pressure and you're starting to burnish and you can't get any more layers. Don't just throw it away. Don't just start over. Um, you can spray something on that. You can spray a fixative on that and you can put more layers on top of it once you've done that. But there are some things you can learn. And like Lisa said, use lighter layers next time whenever you do that. But don't give up on the piece that you're working on. You've spent hours investing in that piece. Go ahead and finish it. Do something with it. Don't just give up on it. I would say finish it and then try the same piece again. You will learn a lot. If you've got the patience to do if the same the thing patience twice, to do it, I, my gosh, you will learn a yeah. lot. Or maybe something slightly different, like a different angle. Yeah, that's Let's a big caveat. If you've got the patience to redo yeah, if one. you don't have the patience, don't do <laughs> yeah. it. The student, actually, that I was talking about earlier who progressed so much, um, she would go home. She would actually have me do as much as she could get me do in class whenever I had time. She wanted to watch me make each brushstroke on her painting. She'd go home and paint it again and again and again. And, but she enjoyed doing that. But I, I think that really that. helped her I to just, progress, I too. Yeah, I I wouldn't be interested in it. So while I can say, yeah, it worked, I don't think it would work for somebody who was just like, you know, that feeling where you're just cringing, like, I can't do this painting again. I don't want to look at it again. I don't think it would work for someone like that. But for her, it really did work well. But I mean, if you feel like if you got halfway through the piece and you're going to just start over again, finish it and start, then start the same piece over again and see what you can learn from it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. She had the perseverance, you know, uh, to do that. That's cool. 
It may be a little easier, too, because she was working in oils versus colored pencil, which is a much slower medium. Yeah, yeah. All right, so next, um, when a student just gets so focused on the color and choosing the exact right color and they don't improve their values or anything else in the piece, like the composition or anything else that will matter more than the colors. Uh, and I think this is a real danger that somebody can just get so hung up on the exact color choice. In fact, I'm going to give an example at the risk that he might listen to this podcast, but that's okay. Um, I have a student <laughs> that in, in a group here, um, he, he takes probably four or five times as long. He's a, he's a great artist. He takes about four or five times as long to get started on his piece than anyone else because he's over there testing these color swatches. He's just making color swatches with his colored pencils. While someone else has already completed two or three pieces, he's still over there and he does this for hours. So he'll, he'll spend two hours testing colors and just testing a whole bunch of colors. And I try to prod him. I try to I say, okay, how about, how about, uh, let's just, um, go with that color and let's put it on our actual project and start working with it. What, what do you think, Tom? And that's not his name, but I'm going to, I'm going to use Tom. If he's listening, he won't care. Um, anyway, I'll just say his name. His name's Dan. <laughs> I tease him about it all the time, but it's just so funny to me. And he's like, well, I want to get the exact color here. It's like, okay, <laughs> that's pretty yeah, exact what just... you got there. But <laughs> he's just, he's so meticulous about getting that exact color while someone else is completing whole bunch of work. So it's just funny. Yeah. And I used to get hung up on this and it really slowed me down yeah, too. I was like, you know, I'm painting a tiger. If I got the right orange, that'll do it. No, it won't. Cause there's going to be lots of oranges and tans yes. and browns and magentas and so many colors I'm going to use to build up to that. And I think it's especially hard for colored pencil artists because we'll get a set of colored pencils of, you know, 120 colors. There's so many colors you to choose use them from, all. and it can be overwhelming. Yeah, There's and it can be, be overwhelming. There's got to be a reason well, for all 12 of those yellows, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the other thing about Seriously, it is there's – grab one and go and with go it. go with it, and then you can modify that. You can shift it. Yes. You can lean it over into a brighter yellow, and you can lean it over into a warmer or a cooler area uh, within – because what happens is – and most of the time, this is what we're doing, and I hope this is most of the time what we're doing. We're choosing a reference that has a strong light situation where we can actually see what's in the light and what's in the shadow. And so because of that, we're going to have a variability within that particular hue. So it's not going to be just one color in the local color. It's going to be several colors because it's going in and out of highlights. And so we want to capitalize on that. And the only way to do that is to vary all of those colors. We're not sticking with just one color. It's going to look so flat if we're only using yeah. one color. Focus on your values. Get your lights light enough, your darks dark enough. And if you're going for something that looks very realistic, yeah. that's what's going to make it look realistic. Not choosing the right color. Yeah. Color is a different thing from values. The right. values are what matter. I can draw a tiger with nothing but purples and make him look super realistic based on my values. He'll just look like he's standing under a purple light. But I can make that look more realistic than someone who chose the exact right colors. Yeah but didn't get the value. Right. I mean, yeah, exactly. My purple tiger will actually look more realistic than the orange one in that case. Yeah, the colors are always subordinate to the Now values. I want to draw a purple tiger. Uh, let's see here. That's that's all you. I'm going to wait for you to do yeah. that. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> the purple tiger, <laughs> I mean. 
<laughs> it may happen. Uh, okay. So maybe the student, uh, we keep framing this like a, a student, but I can actually apply this to myself as well. Knowing how to get started in an area with a new drawing, and that, that can be a source of frustration, just lacking the confidence to start. And, you know, and we've kind of hit on this already, but I mean, it's, it's just having that ability to know, okay, this is my first move. Um, and I, I see students get hung up on this a lot of times and not just about color, but about anything like, how do I even start drawing in this area? Maybe I'm working in the face on a drawing and now I'm going to tackle the hair and I haven't done anything with the hair. I've been focused on this face the entire time. How do I start in that area? I've progressed so much in this lower portion of the of this overall composition of the head now i've got this hair to deal with how do i even start with that because it's totally different it's a different subject really than the face and skin what i've found is that if you just get started again if you take some notes uh if you need to on what you're going to do maybe do some thumbnail sketching but if you just start and you have an approach at the beginning, you can modify that and you can change it if you don't like the results that you're getting early on. All right, so maybe you've thought of something while we've been discussing this particular topic, and we'd love to hear that. You can always reach out through email, podcast at sharpenedartist.com. You can comment in the show notes, sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. This is a weekly show, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.